Hey guys, um, I'm actually <laughs> half sleep at the moment, and I've been thinking about starting to record these, um, you know, in between sleep moments because they're so rich <laughs> in just information and awareness and marrying the world of you know the subconscious and the conscious the waking life okay so it's about it was 5 30 when i woke up it's about 604 now that i'm finally pressing record but the topic of there's so many things i want to cover they've all melded together in my mind childhood experiences and traumas um our relationship with and place in society. The concept of a 40-hour work week or like work-life balance or just like how you choose to create your life and how much of your life you feel needs to be given to the industrial complex okay <laughs> like that's what i'm calling it the industrial complex because i don't even think most of us realize that we're subscribed to that and how much of our lives center around like not even service it's not service it's just work you know you could be at a factory putting bolts on some nuts over and over again like that's not that's not service <laughs> that's helping one man become rich as shit by you know being a cog in the machine i also want to make sure i mention the saturn jupiter pluto um conjunction in the sky that's been going on excuse me i'm getting over corona <laughs> <coughs> in the sky that is i feel influencing and informing some of these new thought patterns not only in myself but i'm observing it happen in real time in other people across diasporas that i mean they don't these people do not have the same experience as me yet we are all coming to the same conclusions excuse me for yawning and coughing I'm sorry, I'm a human being. Like, I'm sorry. Like I said, I did. I got got by the Rona. Okay, so. I mean, and, you know, rest in peace to those who have not been able to make it through to the other side. In no way am I uh, trivializing the Corona-19 virus. I am just, you know, alchemizing the energy and the thought of it in my mind. And so she goes by the Rona around here. Okay. She, um... I got her under control and things like that, but she's still doing she's still doing her thing. Like this one's this one's a toughie, okay? It's not the flu. It's not no regular shit. However, um protect yourselves, wear your mask everywhere you go, I don't care. Vaccinated, unvaccinated, I don't give a shit. Wear your mask. It's real, okay? All right. Now, moving forward, um, I stopped off by talking about the astrological conjunction. Excuse me, I'm so sorry, guys. But it's important to do this now. Have ADHD as well, I will forget. <laughs> so, 
that conjunction is so powerful. Not only let's just start with the fact that Pluto is going well, America, the actual country, you know, the nation of America is going through its very first Pluto return. Pluto takes years and years, like years and years to go around. When were we established? 1776 to 2021. Somebody do that math. I'm horrible with it. Was that 200, 300 years? Um, this is when like we are in the actual time where Pluto has gone back around to the same degree in the sky that it was in when America was first, you know, created. The yawns are serious. Um, and what that implies is that, okay, what is Pluto? Pluto is about power. It's about doing whatever needs to be done and shifting whatever needs to be shifted, manipulating the current realities, the current soul uh, contracts, the current, you know, agreements that are in place um, to give one power, to build one up, right? And so a lot of times what we see, I mean, look at colonialism, you know, they go around and in order to gain power, what do you have to do first? You, you know, you come into this new territory, you have to completely annihilate was 48 laws of power say crush your enemy totally. You have to completely annihilate the existing structures, the existing, um, you know, people of power, the existing communities. Okay. You got to dismantle all that shit in order to i mean the people will still be there you know those cultures will still be there but in order to take their power from them you have to cause some death and destruction first in order to break them down so that you can reinstate and reestablish the hierarchy to gain said power um and so if you guys don't think that that is the <laughs> main, you know, ingredient characteristic of our country is tearing some shit down, destroying the history, destroying the culture, destroying the community, the people start with the children, remove them. I just watched somebody say this on TikTok. I love TikTok, <laughs> but, you know, he said the way that you erase a culture is you start with the children and what you do is you you first of all you cut off the main supply for the whole community after you do that you get the adults dependent on you after you do that you take their children from them and you begin to institutionalize the very children who would represent the next generation of that you know ancient culture you put them in schools where you control the curriculum you're teaching them about your culture you're teaching them you know um cowboy good indian bad <laughs> and from there you know you can re re teach them new uh hooked on phonics type shit you know what i'm saying get the language up out of there take the language from those kids that will i mean it doesn't matter what their parents or the brothers and sisters that are older you know it doesn't matter what the adults do at that point they are gonna have to work uphill work against the grain in order to keep those children grounded once they've been institutionalized by the man okay um which i think black americans you know me being one of them i i can totally attest to i seen that shit happen in real time 
you know and a lot of us I love us but a lot of us instead of taking on that new curriculum we just detested it we knew something was wrong with that shit yet there were no leaders in our community to help re-educate us you know in the right way I'm not gonna say there were none but there weren't enough and this is coming from a honor student gifted child you know what I mean gifted program like there were not enough black influences teaching me my history growing up (laughs) I remember people like Bill Cosby (laughs) you know saying pull your pants up and we knew who Maya Angelou and you know Nina Simone and uh uh I'm just thinking I mean Baldwin and you know Hughes and we knew who all these people were but we were not taught to internalize it that experience as if it were our own it was an observable look at the negro you know like it was it's all about perspective man it's all about perspective and the way you frame it and i just never understood how parallel my experience was to them because they were like into slaves and dirtiness and you know the struggle and my father worked at a plant my mother was a teacher who had a master's degree and i just was taught that we made it past that point in time you know racism still alive they just be concealing it baby like (laughs) for real so yeah that 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 was my experience and it it took you know thank god for those early influences for that knowledge that these people even fucking existed because you know as we get older it becomes our own responsibility and i was able to go back and look look more into who who these people were what their experiences actually were to see the value in their stories and in their just existing you know existing living out loud being there as light posts for the rest of us that takes me back to the concept of what 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 are we doing you know i can speak for the millennials especially the black millennials like a lot of us were told what to do in order to live a fruitful life and it it basically just centered around stay black and die my nigga work you know what I'm saying? You got to work to earn your keep. I still very much believe that. Um, but what I'm starting to question is our value and what work, what does work mean? You know, we have to remind ourselves that words mean things. Okay. And um, there's this stigma that I think is still placed on black people from the days of slavery chattel slavery and uh, there's this fear of laziness it's like this having to pull yourself up by your bootstraps right that whole thing you know work hard play later how many people do you know that talk about hustle hard you know say so i'll sleep when i'm dead um I can I can name a thousand of them, but you see where I'm going with this. I don't even want to talk about my opinion on that. My my opinion on it is that it's just disgusting programming conditioning. I want to talk about the concept that we don't have to think that way. And it doesn't mean that we have to live a subpar broke ass reality. I think that those two things being synonymous are a part of the programming, you know, like 
the less you work, the less you eat. Because let me just tell you, white people and people across the lands, they don't operate that way. They do not think that way. And I think it stems from an inherent belief that they are more valuable, that they don't have to. There's nothing in their, you know, programming that says that they have to work blood, sweat and tears. And if they don't, that they're worthless and that they're useless and that the amount of work that they do is equally dependent upon how much money they make. Okay, I think that that stems from fucking slavery, bro. Like, I really feel, you know, we all know that after slavery, the the police force was created because as you started to get freed slaves and things like that, they needed to be white men were scared of what we were going to do to them after 400 years of them fucking us up. Okay, and so they not only got these police because they started off as you know oh my slave ran away and the men would come together militia form you know with the whole my wife made these uh mass fuck you got you know you get what i'm saying the django okay that whole militia mentality they would get together fucking jim bob from down the fucking road and, and goddamn kyle and his boys you know and they would go find the slave that eventually turned into the police force, okay? Um, meaning there's always been some sort of bullshit-ass authority coming over our lives that stood as a threat to us that was not as equal of a threat to the white people because they wanted us to be stuck into this contract, this loop of reality where all we do is work and if we try to escape, they, while they're laying in their beds, would send their fucking dumbest you know what I'm saying? Most slowest motherfucking people in society to go catch the nigger. Okay. Um, and even in that, there's a certain, there's a certain connotation that, you know, like I said, they would pick the dumbest ones, the ones that were the most risk taking, the ones that didn't have the smarts to create the foundation, to create the plantation, to actually have the power the other white men would be sent out to go do the labor of actually keeping the black man in check, divide and fucking conquer, therefore giving that slow white man some sense of power. And I'm not saying slow, like I'm not trying to be ableist at all. I'm just saying this is what I'm truly downloading when I'm truly picking up. Like even those white people felt that they had a higher value, the ones that are going out on the horses to catch the nigger. Okay, they thought that they had some sort of higher value than the nigger, not realizing that that put them at a lower place in the hierarchy towards the slave master. And that is the the ideology of the police. They are the muscle to the people who, you know, and they go out and people are always saying, oh, police have such a hard job. You chose a fucking job, you dumbass. Okay, you knew what the fuck it entailed. You knew what type of power this institution has been brooding up for years and years and years and years and years. And you you thought that that was your dream. Your dream was to be a part of that cult. Your dream was to be a part of that gang, that collective, that that realm and vibration of consciousness. That's what you wanted with some fake ass power. Okay, and you wanted to uphold massa, i.e., the one percent, the people who. Not even the one percent is poor as motherfuckers. I feel like they just want some sort of semblance of rich riches and power. The people who live in these HOA communities, y'all are still fucking poor compared to a motherfucker like Jeff Bezos or fucking Bill Gates or any of these motherfuckers. Okay, um, but again, the white man just vying for some semblance of 
being able to be the authority or stand over another group of people via value, via their value, their beliefs on how much they're worth. Okay. And money being a determining factor of whether or not you need to work or not. It's so fucked up. This shit is all one big cycle. Because, I mean, you can't tell me that these a lot of these white people are not born with some sort of silver spoon in their mouth. Whether it's you have parents who are willing to teach you the ropes. Because let me tell you, as a black woman, I love my parents, but they didn't teach me a motherfucking thing about power. <laughs> okay, or money. <laughs> what they taught me was go work hard somewhere. Go work hard. Okay, that's what I learned from my parents. And I learned I learned that from my parents. Okay, so um taking me back okay there's this um idea that black people are indebted to this country and that our only value is in being on that plantation our only value is in doing the work now when a nigga does something (laughs) let me stop there even even the ones who got hoop dreams even the ones who you know want to be um what am I thinking? Rappers and I want to be a recording. I am a recording artist. Okay. So even us, there's still this. I mean, if you look at the actual industries as they stand to this day, what is today? August 30th, 2021. Okay. These people are being put into work contracts that do that render them powerless over. I guarantee you 90% of these contracts are being constructed by white people are being presented by white people the money still lies in their hands not to say there's no i'm not even gonna go there y'all know what the fuck i'm talking about okay um and i think that even as a regular human being because i have like i live multiple lives at once so not only am i a recording artist i am also an entrepreneur i run a spiritual business um based in helping people get closer to themselves I also hold a regular ass salary position nine to five working specifically for a school system. So I am in the business of institutionized. I don't know if I'm saying that right, but, you know, institution based learning. I get a up close look at that every day, and that's what I do for work. Okay. Um. And in all of this, you know, for myself, let's just talk about me for a second, because I think y'all need to understand who's talking. So when it comes to the conversation of work, work life balance, um, what work is, how much of our lives we should devote to work. I, I was a teen mom. I had my beautiful daughter when I was but 17 years old. And since that day, I've always had a job. Like, I've always kept a position. I think I had her and I might have waited a couple months. I went back to school and got myself a job like three months after having her. Now, maybe not even that long. Like, yeah, it was probably like a month and a half, month and a half, probably like six weeks after having her. Um, and I've kept a position somewhere ever since. Now, I've gone through actually my first job. Okay, now let's start. <laughs> let's go back even further. I was a gifted student from first grade i mean even in pre-k they knew danny's different you know um 
and I think the ADHD, like it's been undiagnosed. I think that that was a part that played a factor because in all of my reports as a child, it would say, you know, she gets done with things so quickly and then she gets bored. She's constantly understimulated. Um, super quiet child, but I would light up when it was time to perform, when it was time to do something and put my mind to something, I would just light up. That translates into being a gifted child, you know, first grade all the way through high school, which is in my district, they stopped using that terminology of gifted and instead they just put you in advanced classes. So I was in AP everything. Um, One of the only black girls, because I was in a heavily populated, you know, black people, but also white people, but also um, those of Arab and Indian descent. Okay, Middle Eastern descent. Um, And a lot of those kids, man, was smart as a fucking whip. It has something to do with the way that they're being raised. All right. So back to the topic at hand. I'm a hard worker. I believe that in order to achieve something, in order to stand out, I have to be extra good because I'm also one of the only black kids in this position to where I'm really applying myself. Um, That was a struggle. The cultural differences there were a struggle. And I seen the stark differences in, in, in myself versus the other AP kids. And I just, in my heart, I knew I was special. And it's not to say better than anybody else, but special in a way of like, wow, I'm willing to actually compromise myself for my goals and I used to wear that as a badge of honor let me just keep going (laughs) and then I'll tell you what I think about that um and so boom I have my daughter nobody expected that I would be the one to even be having sex because I'm such a you know high achiever and they're like um but I'm also human (laughs) and also a lot was going on in my family and I felt in hindsight I can I can identify the fact that I was looking for love okay so this happens I create my little pseudo family um the guy I was with was not hard working he was not especially intelligent and so the dynamic became you know I've got to do this on my own I've got to do this because I can't teach I can only lead the horse to water I can't teach him how to drink so let me just take accountability for myself and now I have this baby. And so I have no choice. I must bust my ass. Like, that's what I've been doing my whole life. I'm just keep going. We're going to be all right. Me and my baby, we're going to be all right. We're going to live a good life. Okay. So, I get my first job. Actually, I had been working with my family restaurant. So, I already kind of knew that I had a, 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 a an above average work ethic. My family used to own a southern restaurant called johnson southern kitchen in detroit shout out to alicia and shout out to motherfucking uh my other cousin damn i just you have horrible names the johnsons love you niggas okay andre dre my nigga aquarius all day okay so and Aunt betty Aunt betty and my uncle i love you guys i miss you guys anyways so there, I remember they put me in Aunt Reba. Oh my gosh, shout out to Aunt Reba. The realest nigga to ever walk the earth, okay? I remember they put me... They put me on in charge of cutting sweet potato. I had to peel them. And I had to cut them up, wash them, cut them up, put them in the little ball. When I tell you, they 
was like, okay, do this, do this, do these sweet potatoes. And I guess they only wanted me to do a bag or whatnot. I started doing so many sweet potatoes so fast. I was like, oh, this is a restaurant for the cutty. They got, they didn't get mad, but they were like, damn, you cut up too many potatoes. We're not going to be able to use all these potatoes. Like, just very aware of my ability to go above and beyond. Okay. And always having been praised for it, you know, the reaction I would get from people would be, wow, you know, you, wow, you did all this. Wow. Like, you're, you're, you're special. You're doing like a lot. <laughs> And as I got older, I got another job and I worked the ranks there. I went, I got promoted all the way to manager. And this might not seem like a short amount of time, but when I tell you these industries and where I come from, people don't do this type of stuff. I got promoted up and ended up having my own. I used to work in the group home business, my own group home in a matter of like two years at 20 something early 20s I'm, I mean I have people on my staff who are 65 years old 35 years old 27 years old 40 years old you know what I'm saying like the ages range but it's like these motherfuckers used to be so mad at me like super mad at me because they didn't want me in the position but they also might have applied might not have applied and if they did apply clearly they didn't have the qualifications or the same ethic or the same appeal that I did and if they didn't apply it was kind of like well bitch shut the fuck up and just deal with what I'm saying and what I'm doing because you don't know what the fuck's going on and so or you didn't believe in yourself enough or whatever the case may be you've been working for this company 15 years and you've never gotten a promotion don't stop bragging about how long you've been here because for me it is about growth everything for me is about growth I've always had a natural, you know, love and knack for learning. Um, And I think that that's one of the main things that would set me apart from the crowd is that most people don't want to learn. They want to be comfortable. They want to be complacent. They want luxury. They want what they want. And for me, I've always been willing to sacrifice my wants for being better because I understand that as you begin to grow, your tastes and your needs and your your likes and dislikes and your wants, they change, they evolve. And I want the whole pie. Like, I want the luxury lifestyle. I want to earn my right. Because this is how I believe that I've always had to go about it because this is how I've always achieved. But what I'm trying to tell you is the shit that I'm achieving is like bare minimum shit. I'm still under the glass ceiling. I'm still in the rat race with these people. I'm just... Really, I didn't understand that what I was fighting for, because what this what we're really dealing with is the hardworking, you know, earner mentality mixed with this glass ceiling. I didn't realize the glass ceiling was over place over my life, too, just based on my mindset, my beliefs, the acceptance of what society had given me as reality. As I'm working so hard, I'm not thinking past my limitations and so the highest I could get was a management position let's just keep it funky okay the highest I could get applying myself under another person's rule is a management position okay let's talk about the manager okay the manager ain't shit but a buffer between those who are really in power and those who do the actual work 
Now, I'm not going to sit here. You know, I did just talk shit about mama who'd been at the same company for 10 years and never had a promotion. That has never been my experience. I get promoted places even when I don't. I beg. I just want to be a regular worker because I like being able to have control over my schedule. I like having the freedom of not having to make decisions for the group. I like to just do my own thing. True Aquarius through and through my love. And I've got my own stuff going on. I'm a whole mom. You know, I've got my own business and I've got my artistry on the side. I've got enough things that I'm I'm the manager of whether I want to be or not. Okay. <laughs> this is where we must come into understanding with each other. Um and so I always understood the bullshit trope of the manager. It's perceived power. You actually don't have any fucking you can't determine anything. All you're doing is creating schedules and um making sure that the team functions and people hate being ruled over people hate being told what to do especially when you're young and vibrant and quirky and I'm all those things but I'm also very calculated and very intelligent but the the calculated intelligent part just goes unseen like people just think that I'm out here you know willy-nilly and I have no idea what's going on because I am I don't take that manager shit so seriously like, we're going to do what we came here to do because I'm anything that I do, I'm going to go hard. I'm going to go full throttle and I'm going to be diplomatic about it. We're going to be fair, right? But at the same time, in the same token, I completely understand that this shit is all false. And I just ask that we respect each other because we're all just playing this fake ass game to make sure that we can take something home to our families at night. If you wanted my position, you should have worked for it. You don't have it. So let's just keep going. You know what I'm saying? However... I say all that to say, I completely understand that this is only perceived power and that we become, what do I want to say? Some people become so enmeshed in that perceived power that they don't understand that it's all just a game. It's all for fake. They get so caught up in it. And I feel like at one point, I did get caught up in it. You know, I wanted to be the greatest manager. I wanted to treat my employees super, super fair. And like that turned into that willingness. Okay. That willingness turned into me just bending over backwards for people, for everyone. Not only, you know, the employees, but the the higher ups as well to the point where I'm being crushed by both ends you know whenever you have a boss that's being a bitch to you it's because their boss is being a bitch to them when you have a boss that's being sweet to you it's because their boss gives them a lot of grace so it's like whatever your work environment is a direct reflection of how your manager is being treated on on a higher scale and even with that aside i just think that all of our willingness to play out this dynamic because even your boss's boss is not the actual authority you know there's somebody that sits at the very very top of this system who you know via the status quo their job description is to make decisions and to be the money and somebody's giving them a handout or maybe they've worked hard enough to get themselves in. But I, even those people who are like, I started from the ground up. You've got a mentor. You know what I mean? You have someone around you who's done it before to the point where 
they can show you how what moves to make, what moves not to make. This is not actually, as we would say, get it, you know, in the hood. It's not actually getting it out of the mud. But I digress. You know, there's somebody up there that's making these decisions and they are causing this streamline effect or this uh, domino effect that comes down the line. Um, and my newest line of questioning is, why do any of us subscribe to that shit? Like, why do we do that? Um, I'm not saying I have all the answers, but I, I keep my eyes open. I keep my ears open. And I'm listening and I'm watching what other people do all around the world. How are they living? How are they able to sustain? What are these different communities doing in order to hold up, you know, their to prop themselves up, to hold on to their power? Because we here in America, after the industrial age, I was just watching another TikTok about that. TikTok is what you make it. Let's just digress real quick. TikTok, if you like the bullshit videos, they're going to continue to show you more bullshit. If you go towards the information, the information will find you. There's people who have just in, 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 impeccable minds, like who are able to dice this shit up and, and who come from different educational backgrounds, who've done the research, who've done the work. Who can bring it to the collective so that we can all be informed that we don't have to spend all that time doing the actual studying. And what I've learned is that America, I truly believe it's from the slavery days, you know. They've always understood how to dismantle the power of any group of people. So even though, yes, we are the melting pot, what they've done is they put us all in this fucking pot to fucking cook. Okay, so that they can feast because what they understand is not only now they're in a much better position than in slavery days, because in slavery days, you had to actually own the slaves. You had to actually manage the motherfuckers. They would run away. You know, you had to go catch them. And even the word motherfucker, like I, they made that shit up. They used to make us rape our women. Like, oh, my God, it's just so crazy when you really go back and think about everything that stands today is of the foundation that was set up then and you know now everyone's a slave even you white people even you white people they've divided and conquered us so to the point where even the slow white men okay the ones who don't have two pennies to rub together to make anything happen for themselves and their granddaddies didn't and their great granddaddies and their great great granddaddies didn't have it okay they've always felt that they had at least some sort of power because they're higher than the minorities than the niggas Okay, but in reality, in reality, they've got us all roped into this system that only serves them. We might get some thrills here and there. You know what I'm saying? Black people have been able to create joy and make um, uh, make our experiences rich regardless. You know, like when black people run, when we laugh and slap our knees and run is because on the plantation, you literally would get your ass whooped for fucking laughing. You get your ass whooped for showing any. It's not even about laughing and cracking jokes. It's about having joy. They didn't want us to have no fucking joy. So the reason why your cousin be running all through the house when they laugh is because that is a visceral ancestor hereditary um, reaction <laughs> trait that we've, you know, what I'm saying we've come to love. It's like, damn, that nigga funny. He had me rolling. Well, what was the what was the the origins of that? 
they had things called laugh boxes. You would literally have to run from wherever you were in the plantation to the laugh box to put your head in this motherfucking thing to let your laugh out. Because if master or if one of master's little minions heard it, you was getting your ass whooped because what the fuck is you laughing at? What are you doing spreading joy? It's not a joyful situation. Nigga, put your head down, pick that cotton, run these crops, okay? (sighs) I say all that to say that work for us has always been the top priority. Our productivity, productivity, the amount of produce that we are able to produce (laughs) has always stood precedence over our lives our joy our leisure slaves would literally work from sunup to sundown you tell me how many hours that is you feel me um we could only rest on sundays so they've they've been regulating rest since the beginning of this shit um and i feel that as a black woman of today, nigga, I do that shit to myself. How many of us have actually like said the phrase, dang, you know, the five day work week is really about six days because Sunday is just Monday light. It's diet. It's diet. Sunday is diet Monday than a bitch. Because all I'm doing on Sunday is worrying about, am I ready for my week? What do I need to do to prepare for Monday? Um, can't have fun, can't can't do too much, can't get too joyful, can't stay up too late, cause then I'ma miss, you know, miss the train Monday. <laughs> um Friday is the bullshit. We try to take the little last half of Friday and make it fun because we understand that, you know, Friday night into Saturday is is an opportunity. <laughs> you feel me? Cause Saturday we don't have to wake up. And then we get all day Saturday to ourselves. But even then it's kinda like, huh, tomorrow's Sunday. And I already know I'm finna have to start getting my mind right. So it's like Saturday is the last little uh, you got. It's just crazy to me. Crazy to me. How brainwashed all of us are. Because even though we can identify, you know, that our bodies are not wired for this. Like, you know how many American people have anxiety, depression, (sighs) stress-induced disease. How many of us are not even in touch with what it is that we like to do? How many people come to me, you know, a diviner, a tarot reader, an astrologer and ask, what is my purpose? When that is one of the most intricate uh, pieces to your being. Like if you don't know, and this is not shaming anybody that doesn't know, but I'm just saying this is why it's important to begin to, you know, the pursuit of trying to understand if you don't know what your purpose is. You're, you literally have no batteries in you. You're a toy, you, you know, that has no batteries. You do not work. Purpose is the God in us. It's the part of you that drives you to be a part of everything that is. It, it's the thing that teaches you what your gifts are. So that when you come to the collective, you're not just a warm body holding space. That when you come back to the collective, you actually are yourself 
you're an example, you're a light, you're, you're, you're in the midst of being. Because doing what we're doing every day, working and, and following somebody else's rules, and I mean, it has a place. Listen, these caucus motherfuckers have figured some shit out. You can't take it from them. Like, you can't take <laughs> the the level of thought and strategy and time and patience that they put in. Man, that like on a on a neutral realm, these niggas do figure some shit out. Okay. But what I'm trying to say is yin and yang. Yin, you can't go too far over to any extreme. And even these people who've constructed this new way of being want to want our freedom so bad. They want to be us. You know how there's a little bit of yin in the yang and a little bit of yang in the yin. They want to harness and be a part of the coolness that is our reality that being is enough you know back in the back in the back in the long time ago's days yes we would rise with the sun and we would fall with the moon meaning get your ass up when the sun is up it's time to get up and when the sun goes down it's time to sleep because we there this is pre-electricity pre-light bulb only the ones who knew how to make it or had the money to buy it had candles and so you rose with the sun and you would, you know, fall with the moon. Even these people had seasons in which they did their work. There was a hunting season. And so my Native American people, you know, I have a lot of um, Native blood. A lot of us, us Negroes do. Okay, I have India in my blood. That's not just people saying that because they want pretty hair all the time. That's a part of our history. A part of our heritage, our lineage. And they would have hunting season and they would have planting season and they would have, you know, the season where, okay, now we've got our buffaloes and we're going to take, you know, they would use every piece of the buffalo. And so there would be a season to hunt them. And as they're hunting them, they would be skinning them. And there would be a season where, you know, you would do all of your skinning to get prepared for the winter. To take the animal fat, to make soaps, to make clothing, to make, um, I mean, the animal fats, to make soaps, to make candles. Right. To make resins, to make uh, whatever it is that you needed for your spiritual practices. I mean, even whatever it is that you needed for war, they would sharpen up the bones to make spheres or, or spears, not spheres. Spear. Y'all, y'all feel what I'm saying? And you would take the hide and you would use that hide to create the, you know, the teepees and to create, you know, the shelter, the the clothing. Okay. And so a major part of culture that they've taken away, they try to hold on to it, but it's bullshit is the the celebration, the holiday, the festival season. Right. We will spend a lot of our time in spiritual veneration in in just giving thanks in, you know, creating space for us to exercise our joy because what the plant plantation owners knew about joy was that when you have joy, you can cultivate hope. And when you have hope, that is a spiritual um, version of security, of foundation of, you understand what I'm saying? When people have that, they have power. 
they have power that translates into actual energy into actual power that is a, a powerful psychological tool that we use to empower ourselves is joy is faith is veneration is is thankfulness is gratitude is prayer it's song and dance quite literally two of the most magical elements of being right things that you can do that you can rest your energy in that you can let your soul fly, fly free you can communicate with divine entities and when i say that don't think i'm on some extraterrestrial shit i'm just saying that is one of the ways for us to beat our drum to get the energies coming uh, to get the energies cultivated so that we can utilize our power they knew that if they took that from us they would remove the power it, it would seep right through our hands and so what better way than to divide and conquer Okay, America has always been set on this idea of um, you only get what you work for. You know, if you don't work for it, you don't eat. Um, you're only as good as your last creation. All these things. There can only be one, you know, creating the hierarchy, creating the system of oppression for us to uphold for ourselves because if i am higher than him then i get more benefits so it makes sense for me to keep my foot on another motherfucker's neck without master even having to be there to tell me to do it because i know master's always watching on some big brother type shit and as long as i keep this thing going how it's going then i will benefit and i will get that reward at the end of the day not knowing that if i were to just empower myself empower my brother empower my sister we could create our own goddamn shit where we don't even need this motherfucker standing on top of us and there there could still be a sense of honor and power and status quo that is not built on keeping each other down to appease that one person you know back then we had hierarchy we had kings and queens and chiefs and you know what i mean people who played position but everybody did so with honor and everybody's family was taken care of because nobody's family was put on a higher pedestal. You get what I'm saying? Maybe the chief and them did have more protection and shit because he's the chief. You know what I'm saying? And the other people would try to come take him out. Da, 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 da. But what I'm saying is it wasn't it wasn't <laughs> we lived together. We ate together. We raised our children together. Our women you know convene together they would work together to create what the community needed the clothing the food you know there was love in that there was family in that there was community in that there was heritage in that there was culture in that this new shit that they got us working for y'all i'm about to have to wrap this up but i just feel like what are we doing this for and who are we doing this for and who is this helping who is this serving you know our parents want us to go to work every day just to make sure we have food in our bellies and roofs over these grandbabies heads i understand but like their generation did not tap into that very magical element of purpose and you know a lot of them have stress-based diseases a lot of our parents are um struggling with those things or have succumbed to those things already and I think that it's about us really tapping into our spirits, you know, like I, I keep saying purpose, you know, and what it is that really makes our hearts beat. I think a lot of our heart chakras are closed, are broken and not to say that they can't be repaired, but they've been broken, whether by each other or by the system. 
um, of perceived goodness of perceived, you know, you're good if you have a good job and you got you took the right route to get there. And it's like that is not everybody's reality. Fuck what you're talking about. Like half of our parents, (laughs) they did what they did because they didn't know what else to do. And now that we're in the information age, we're in this age where we're exposed to so many different people doing life in so many different ways. It's bringing us back to that initial spirit of, oh, I'm stuttering. The initial spirit of ingenuity, the initial spirit of creating, you know what I mean? Working with our hands, um, believing in oneself. That is self-love. Like they really have taken us so far away from self-love that we don't believe we can create a life for ourselves. We don't believe that we can generate you know, uh, reciprocal income. We can't give and take. We can't barter. You know what I mean? Like, and being in the spiritual community, bartering is one of those things that has come back to me. Um, and also being here, the conversation of us having already been, you know, earned and being able to afford our leisure is another thing. My ancestors from the natives to the, the Africans have built this country on their backs. And so to say that now the dynamic is that white people a lot of times get that silver spoon. They get that leisure, even the leisure of knowing that they have help. That is leisure. That is a privilege, you know, and we have to work to prove ourselves. It's like, can we can we realize the fact that we've already bought our PTO? Somebody said that on TikTok, too. Our our ancestors have put in so much work for this country. We've already purchased our PTO. You know that they never got rest. They could not rest because by the time you're done on a plantation, you still got to go home and cook dinner for your family. You still got to go home and fuck James. You and your man ain't see. He been on one side of the plantation. You been on the other side all day. You wants to make love too. You got to go home and fuck James. That take a little minute. You know, you got to go home and tend to the children and clean, sweep up your space and do your hoodoo. Okay, you got to go do your magic, your protection magic to make sure that, you know, those that are on the run are protected and those that are on the plantation are protected and that your sons don't do no crazy shit that don't nobody get sold off. You know what I'm saying? To 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 ooh, just to maintain praying over this food, these scraps that master give us to sit up and have to create meals, gourmet meals. Now we still are creating that cuisine and I hold that those traditions so close to my heart. But what I'm saying is. What I'm saying is the modern day Negro, we have a fucked up relationship with the concept of rest versus work. I feel guilty when I rest. I feel guilty when I'm sick right now. And every message I'm looking at, I'm working on it. But like I have to write the message and delete it. I'm talking to not only, you know, my staff um, and the people who, you know, are on my team that I'm managing, but as, as well, my management, you know, and just like stopping myself from apologizing, from needing time off from needing Corona. This ain't even no shit. I'm not. I didn't get myself sick. I don't even go no goddamn where. Okay, y'all. And, you know, it's just a a fact of life right now. Got caught up in the rapture. Okay, but why am I apologizing for for being sick? Why am I apologizing for needing some time to myself? I'm not going around anybody. I don't care vaccinated or not. I'm not going around anybody like this, you know. So why am I taking responsibility or not even responsibility? But you get what I'm saying. Why am I making that that my problem? What, what they that they have to endure without me that's not my problem they've been trained to do this there's a system put in place for them to be able to pick up where i left off because my top priority is myself and secondly protecting them as well 
So why do I feel guilty about making myself my top priority? Hmm. Because the black woman has always been taught that our value is in taking care of others, being there for others, literally. And the concept of rest makes me uncomfortable because I feel that if it in any given moment, if I get too comfortable too, if I get too comfortable being at rest, then my value will somehow diminish right along with that comfort. And so who taught me that I'm only as valuable as the work that I do? And who taught me that my spiritual contributions, my spiritual practicing, and that my art are not also valid work, work opportunities? Because I call that the work as well. I call doing my journaling, my self-therapy, you know, uh, music is a part of that. You know, just connecting to myself and letting my heart ring free, not being constricted by, you know, thoughts of doubt or, or lack of self-confidence or any of that. You know, that is work. That is valuable work for the bloodline. My daughter used to be so shy. You know, and I did too. <laughs> it's something that I feel like was one of our generational traumas, one of those things. And one day when she was little, I decided I'm not going to be shy because if I'm acting like a coward, she's going to act like that. And so I just started living out loud, being my truest self, singing at the top of my lungs. I don't care if I hit all the right notes or not. This is my song, baby. Yes, baby, sing it. You know, we park somewhere. I let her stand up out the sunroof. Yes, get that sunlight. Be the glory. Okay, just be. <laughs> and now she's 13 years old. She will bust out in song. We'll sing some shit. We'll be like, mama, how'd I sound? Like, it's for me, my parents, I would never ask them that. I would be worried. They'd be telling me, girl, shut the hell up. Not even intentionally, but just as a, you know, if you're not going to fully do it, then don't quit, quit that little, you know, that little pitty pat you doing. You don't believe in yourself type energy. Okay. And so I will continue this conversation. I actually need to tend to something right now, but I just wanted to make sure I put this timestamp in, put this little peg in the, in the wall. You know how you got the wall of things like, how does this all connect? How does this all relate? I feel like that's what I'm doing with life is trying to piece together the pieces so that I can be you know one of the first I don't even want to say one of the first but I can I don't know nobody else doing it okay so one of the first in my realm to set us free to understand what it is that's keeping us chained and what which ideologies we need to completely shed you know how the spiritualists are always saying let go of what no longer serves you this system no longer serves us how can we um circumvent this motherfucker in order to still get the things that we need and yet you know maintain our power okay because i'm not saying let's go live in the wilderness and we don't know how to even shuck a bull okay then maybe we need to take some shucking bull classes maybe we need to you know start convening with the other people in our community who have these gifts and talents and who can teach us about sustainability and who can teach us about the next steps in our emancipation because as you all can see, the Saturn, Pluto, Jupiter conjunction is giving us these lessons, is teaching us where we're weak, is telling us to really get it together. And once we do so, Jupiter is coming through to really be like, yeah, I got y'all. Here's the blessing in that. You know, a lot of us are reaching entrepreneurial successes that, you know, we might not have been able to reach five, ten years ago. Things are speeding up. I'm sorry, y'all. Hold on. And with that, I'm going to leave you guys 
and just say, you know, continue to stick with the conversation. Um, I'd love to hear some of your thoughts and opinions on some of these topics. Um, if you're interested in learning more about what I do in the realm of tarot and astrology, you can check out the High Vibe YouTube channel. If you're interested in just hearing some of my musings, you know, on a regular, regular, then hit up the Twitter, the Nell Nicole Twitter. Um, and until next time, stay dangerous.